This is Iron Sports. We're so excited to have Tom Grieve uh, from the Washington, from the, I'm sorry, you were drafted by the Washingtoners, but from the Mr. Texas Ranger, uh, who was the first player, uh, actually in the inaugural season for the Texas Rangers, general manager for the Rangers for 10 years, and a color commentator for another 20 years for the Texas Rangers. Tom, thanks a lot for coming on Iron Sports. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So what's it like down in Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the excitement with the Rangers winning the uh, the World Series last week? Well, it's hard to describe in a short period of time how happy and thrilled everyone around our team is right now, from the ownership to the general manager. Certainly you could tell by the way the players celebrated how happy they were. And then for the people that came before these players, players from the past, fans who have followed the team from 1972 to the current time that wondered if we'd ever win. I wondered sometimes whether or not we'd ever win. And so when you see that unabashed joy on the face of anyone associated with the team, it's a really nice feeling. The parade that the team had on Friday was spectacular. We didn't really know what to expect, but there was oh anywhere from five to seven hundred thousand people there, and kind of a short parade route really around the entertainment district there that surrounds the ballpark, and that was so much fun. I had my wife, my daughter, one of my grandsons with me, and all three of them said that was maybe their favorite Ranger moment, and they've got Ranger moments that go back a long way. So it's been great, so much fun, so happy for everybody. And I guess when you boil it right down, the people you're maybe happiest for are the fans who have come out here day in and day out for all those years, lean years, many of them, where, where there wasn't much to cheer about. And now, really, no matter what has happened in the past, what happens in the future, one thing is for sure, the Texas Rangers are a World, World Series champion, and that's just great. And it's funny because next to people don't realize where Texas plays. They play right next to, to you know, Dallas, the AT&T Stadium, where the Cowboys play and where the, the Cowboy fans are brash and loud and everything. The Rangers are very understated, even though they play like literally across the street from each other in a beautiful new stadium, Globe Life Field. Well, the Cowboys have a spectacular stadium and they've been known as America's team. But it's a long time. It's been a long time since they've won anything. <laughs> And, you know, we may be down the road, but the entertainment district that surrounds park is, is really taken off. There's, there's a first five-star hotel in Arlington was built right next to the stadium. And now across the street, there's another loans hotel that I don't know how many rooms it has, but it has a giant convention center. So this area, when you look at it and you see everything that's involved, the first thing that you say is, how in the world did Arlington, Texas, get all of this? This <laughs> rivals any sports and entertainment district in the country in any city. And I, I remember thinking that when we came here in 1972, when there was nothing around here except a small ballpark. And But they had six flags. They had a wet and wild. They had um, another animal wild safari amusement park they had all these things going on and you said to yourself when you drove to the ballpark this town has maybe 50,000 people in it back in 1972 it took some vision from a man like Tom Vandergrift who was the mayor back then people that have followed him 
and it's just been remarkable. And I, I think all you have to do is think about it this way. The Dallas Cowboys moved from just outside Dallas to Arlington, Texas. They're still called the Dallas Cowboys, but that stadium is in Arlington, Texas, and pretty much says it all right there. <laughs> So two years ago, when the Rangers signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, two big free agent signings, people were like, what? Corey Seager is going to Texas. It's going to be lost. No one's going to hear from him. He was just the MVP of the Dodgers, and he left there. And now look at him. I mean, those, in, in retrospect, what great signings Seager and Simeon were for the Rangers? A lot of thought went into those signings. A lot of teams have spent a lot of money in the past and won nothing because they look at the leaderboards and they sign the best players they can find without doing their due diligence. And they end up with a team that has a lot of individual stars, but when it all tries to come together, it just doesn't fit and it doesn't work. I think our ownership group, Chris Young, our general manager, when they looked at the players they wanted, they had a vision. When they looked at the players they wanted to bring in, things like competitiveness, makeup, how you interact with your teammates, how you interact with your community. All those things that go into an all-around ball player were looked at. And the two players that came out on top when they tried, and there was a lot of possibilities for guys they could trade for or sign, were Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. And when they signed them for all that money, maybe the first reaction was, well, what difference does that make? <laughs> those two guys are great players, but we still need pitching. And we still don't really have a team that can compete. We remember when Alex Rodriguez came in here, and for three years in a row, he was the best player in baseball. So we came in last place every year. And I think thoughts of that came back. But that was just the first phase of the plan. Then came, you know, a, a group of free agent pitchers, a, a really nice job around the trade deadline that brought in a player like Jordan Montgomery. And when it was all, and then, the farm system bringing in young players, players like Josh Young, who if he didn't get hurt would have been the rookie of the year. Evan Carter, 20 years old from the minor leagues that got called up late in the season. Leody Tavares, a terrific young center fielder. We have really good young players to blend with the veteran players. Mentioned Seeger and Semyon, but that doesn't even count. Garcia, Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim just won a gold glove and almost knocked in 100 runs. So when people say that don't know much about the Rangers, how in the world did the Rangers do this? Just get the get your get your newspaper out and look at the roster and watch what they've done, and you'll say, "Whoa, that was no fluke. This team was the best team, and this team deserved to win." And the way it played out in postseason, there was no doubt about it. The one thing in baseball they say today is about the manager. The manager just you know, f follows the, the orders from the general manager. It's not really a big deal being the manager of baseball when they get hired and fired. But the Rangers went a little different. They brought in 68-year-old Bruce Bochy, who's been out of baseball for three years, but had won everywhere he's been, won three World Series championships. And they bring Bochy in, and he has just seemed to be this year the perfect uh, person for the job in terms of melding the old and young players together to have a championship team. Well, that's a great point, and you can't talk about this team. I just did without talking about Bruce Bochy because maybe the best move that Chris Young made was when he talked Bruce Bochy out of retirement. Chris had played for Bruce, I believe it was in San Diego, so he knew him, and Bochy has talked about you know, starting to get a little restless and think about coming back, but he never would do it unless it was the right situation. And Chris sat down and, and told him about our farm system, told him about his plan. 
Bruce got very excited and said, I'm in. And I really believe, and I'm, again, I'm glad you brought it up. I really believe that the most important player, person that we signed all, all offseason long coming into the season was Bruce Bochy. He's been just, he's done exactly what you would have expected, what his skins on the wall says he's done in the past. He's steady, he's calm, he's incredibly knowledgeable, he's a baseball person but he also embraces the current trend of analytics. He has excellent relationships with the players. He's just so, so steady. They know exactly what to expect. I can't say enough about the job that Bruce Bochy did. We were going to have a really good team. We would have been a contender. Maybe we would have won. I don't know. But I've got a feeling it all doesn't come into place the way it did without him. So a lot of my friends in New York, they don't like Max Scherzer. They don't, they, they end, his ended, the Mets didn't uh, work out as well as they had hoped. But the trade when they bring Scherzer in, and I'm saying Scherzer came in and was the superstar the whole time, but I think it did send a message to the team that we're going for it. We're going to win. That We're going to take on and bring in Scherzer in. And even though it didn't work out in terms of his production, I just think the message it sent from the team was really important. Yeah, you're right. Guys like Scherzer, and there aren't many of them, elevate the rest of the players around him, even when he's not on the mound. They see his preparation. They saw the way he came back from his injury. It looked like he was out for the year, and he wouldn't accept that. And the work that he put in, the intensity that he has, the kind of teammate that he is, all these things, even though there were times where he wasn't pitching because of an injury, even in the postseason he wasn't at his best, but his competitiveness He's been there. He's been on championship teams. The way he interacted with his teammates made him a huge part of the team. And the point you just made is so important. When you have a chance to win at the trade deadline, if you really want to pump a good team up, bring in players like that. And every player comes to the ballpark going, wow, our team is in. They believe in us. It's our time. And I think that played a big part in it as well. And it was, it was a wild ride this year, just from the regular season perspective, in terms of in August, you won eight games in a row and lost eight games in a row, first time this ever happened. And at the end of the year, when you have a chance to win, hold on and win the division, you lose, th- lose three out of the four Seattle, Houston wins the d- division, and then you go seven games with Houston. All these things, <laughs> that, you know, it was pretty a, a crazy wild. But I guess Bochy did a great job in terms of keeping the team on an even keel throughout the ups and downs. He never, he never faltered. Chris Young, the general manager, was, was the exact same way. Anytime that it looked bad and people wanted to get a good quote, they never wavered. All Chris Young would say is, I believe in this team. We're going to get healthy. We're going to put it together. We haven't played our best baseball yet. I remember reading that thinking, whoa. We had, we had the month you talked about. We lost eight games in a row twice in <laughs> one month. We had a stretch where we went 4-16, and 16, and the general manager is saying it's tough times, but this team, will, this team will play better coming down the stretch than they have all year. And that's saying a lot because in April, May, and June, we were tremendous. We had five All-Stars going into the All-Star break. So to say that showed the confidence that he had. And then again, to talk about Bochy, every time the players walked into the clubhouse, They knew what to expect. They knew what the lineup was going to be. They knew what the bullpen setup was going to be. He never panicked. They also, I'm sure, believed, based on what he'd done in San Francisco, that when we went into a game, all things being equal in that game, 
we were going to win because we had the best manager. And that plays a huge role in it, too. And we talk about postseason baseball, and as much as we talk about home field advantage and playoffs and in, in baseball, maybe not so much important as other sports, but it does is the last at bat. So it is harder to win you know, when you're on the road. The, the, to go to Tampa and win to Baltimore, win to Houston, win all the games there, and then against Arizona to win three. Pretty amazing team in terms of this run on the road that, that the Rangers were able to do in the playoffs. I can't explain that. I, I really can't. I don't know that you can look at the team and say, this team was made to win on the road because no one in the history of baseball ever put their team together with the thought, we've got to have a team that can play on the road. I, I don't even know what that would mean. So I don't know, I don't know how they did that. I know that, I know that when we got healthy at the end, that, that was a devastating loss in Seattle to make the wild card instead of win the division. So the team had to go from Seattle, fly all the way across country to play the Rays, who had the second-best record in baseball, and we swept them in two games. Then they stay on the road and go to Baltimore and play the team that had the best record. And all you can say after those five games, when we swept those two teams, um, everybody talks about the American League East, and it's been a powerhouse. But not this year. The two best teams in the American League were the Rangers and the Astros. And the way the Rangers dispatched the Rays and the Orioles said all you needed to know. The Orioles have a really good young team. They've come a long way. They're built to be a team that survives in the future. And their young players were all that was talked about. Well, they don't have Seager, Simeon, Garcia, um, they don't have Nathaniel Lowe at first base. We have veteran players. After those terrific veteran players, our young players are just as good as theirs. Their best player is Adley Rushman, and he's a tremendous young catcher. But our catcher, Jonah Heim, won the gold glove and almost knocked in 100 runs. Nobody even knows about him. So, you know, when you, when you look at the two teams, kudos to the Orioles for winning 100 games. But in that series, and looking at those two teams, there was no comparison between the two teams. That was, that was not a fluke that a 90-team win, winning a team that won 90 games, the Rangers, beat a team that won 100 games, the Orioles. We were the better team. And no one can look at that series or look at those two teams and dispute that. And we just want to mention Nathan Avaldi, his fact that he was six starts in the playoffs. They won all six games. He was 5-0 and with a 2-9-5 ERA. And just in game five, when really he was going against a no-hitter for six innings and just hanging <laughs> in there with you know bases loaded a couple times and met runners on score, but keep the team, the team in and letting them win the game at the end of the game was, I mean, his performance was absolutely tremendous. It was. And I was watching that game on TV with my wife and he gets out of the first inning. Great. He does that. He gets out of a jam. Then it's the second inning. Finally, in the third inning, I said to my wife, I don't know how much longer he can keep doing this. You just can't keep putting that many men on base and giving up no runs. But he did it for six innings. And um, the funny part about that game is we didn't do anything. Um, Gallon was throwing a no-hitter against us for, I guess, five or six innings. And then at the end of the game, when it was really close, we left the bases loaded and two men out, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, now it's going to turn around. We're going to be the ones that leaves the guy at, guys on base. But we snuck in a run, and Marcus Semien hit the two-run homer to ice it, and we beat a good team um, from Arizona. But, again, when you look at those two teams, there's no doubt who the best team was. One of the reasons they signed 
Nathan Avaldi was they went back to what he meant to the Red Sox the year they won and how he pitched in the postseason. His makeup, his ability to interact with his teammates, his competitiveness, all those things entered into it. And he had a stretch where he was hurt this year. And when he came back, he wasn't quite what he was at the beginning of the year, but they stuck with him. They kept putting him out there. And his velocity was, you know, 96, 95 at the beginning of the year. It went down to 92, 93. But when he came back from his injury and when it really counted, and when he dominated in the postseason, his velocity was 96 or 97, and he was the guy you wanted out there. So, you know, between him and Jordan Montgomery, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but if if we won, whatever, 11 or 12 games in the postseason, eight or nine of the wins were the first two guys in our rotation. So. It was uh, pretty amazing. Well, Tom, you're known as Mr. Texas Rangers. I'm glad you finally, Texas, got their World Series. And thanks a lot for coming on on such short notice to talk about the World Series win. I really appreciate it. Well, Ira, thank you very much for giving me a chance to talk about the Rangers. Uh, your your listeners in South Florida probably don't know a lot about us, but maybe that'll give them a little bit more of an indication of what kind of a great team we have. Yeah, well, we're going to learn more because you, you have a great team. It's going to be a great team for a number of years. So if people don't know about the Rangers, they're going to be they're going to be in the, the standings for the next four or five years. I'm sure. So thank I you so much, right. Tom. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome.